presented by Blackstone. Hey, good morning, playbookers. I'm Raghu Munavolan. It's Thursday. Today's show, a preview of the first night of the January 6th hearings. It's our Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. At 8 p.m. Eastern tonight, the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack plans to start unveiling the most complete and visceral dissection to date of the mob of Donald Trump supporters who stormed the U.S. Capitol in an attempt to overthrow the results of a Democratic election. Drawing on months of interviews and thousands of documents, the committee has thus far kept most of its findings close to its vest. So we expect a lot of new information and some of the most terrifying video from that day that hasn't been shown to the public yet. As one committee aide told reporters in a background call on Wednesday, they see their job as showing, quote, that the violence of January 6th was the result of a coordinated multi-step effort to overturn the results of the 2020 election and stop the transfer of power from Donald Trump to Joe Biden. Here's the plan. Chair Benny Thompson and Vice Chair Liz Cheney are going to run the hearings, beginning with opening statements. From there, they'll present the findings from the committee, outlining the themes of the future hearings and questioning two witnesses. Committee aides are staying coy on the actual structure of the hearings, but told reporters there will be a multimedia component with unseen video and audio that the committee has obtained. The biggest challenge for the committee is connecting the dots their investigators have spent months gathering, helping to make the case to the American people that our constitutional democracy came close to collapsing, and that the threat is not over. Moreover, the committee will need to make that case in a way that breaks through the day-to-day concerns of Americans, ranging from high gas prices to empty formula shelves, and makes them care about an event from a year and a half ago. The two witnesses you'll be seeing today. Up first, U.S. Capitol Police Officer Caroline Edwards, who cracked her head on the Capitol steps and suffered a concussion after being knocked down by people pushing back a barricade. Another witness, Nick Quested, a documentarian who captured some of the most distressing footage of that day's attack while embedded with the Proud Boys. Still, as Politico's Nicholas Rue writes in, quote, most of their material from their witness interviews and document collection has been held very close, and investigators are promising that the vast majority of the material they'll show hasn't been seen before. Here's a question, what's the view from Trump world? At this point, Details are scarce as to what the former president's team is planning as the hearings kick off. Politico colleague Meredith McGraw reports in today's playbook that there's coordination happening between, quote, aides to former President Donald Trump, GOP allies on Capitol Hill, and the Republican National Committee. But aides in those circles say that with the January 6th committee having not yet revealed its witness list or the content to be unveiled, their actual plans for pushback remain TBD. Quote, among Trump allies, there's also a sense that the public's opinions on January 6th are already baked in place and that even expertly produced hearings won't materially change that. As a tactical matter, Trump and his allies are prepared to dismiss any new finding as a political distraction, not tied to the real concerns of voters. Now the view from Hill Democrats, our colleague Sarah Ferris reports. There's a sense of fatalism among many Democrats as the hearings begin. They know that there's likely little electoral benefit for them in these hearings, but contend that the stakes are much more important than electoral considerations, though they hope voters tune in anyway. Senator Bernie Sanders has a blunt warning for Democrats. Politico's Burgess Everett writes in, quote, Without a course correction, he sees the Democratic Party on track to get shellacked this fall. 
As the progressive Vermonter, not one to mince words, put it in an interview on Tuesday, quote, you really can't win an election with the bumper sticker that says, well, we can't do much, but the other side is worse. With the majorities flashing before Democrats' eyes, the independent who caucuses with them is asking his leadership, from President Joe Biden on down, to acknowledge that the party can't actually do what it wants with two centrist senators as their deciding votes. After that real talk, Sanders wants Democrats to make the case for more Democratic power in 2023 through a Newt Gingrich-style contract with America. And amid the early jockeying for a potential House GOP whip job opening up after the midterms, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy is advising would-be whips not to get out over their skis. He told our colleague Olivia Beavers, quote, I think that would backfire on people if they try to run for something that is not there yet. McCarthy didn't speak specifically about Georgia Representative Drew Ferguson, currently the GOP deputy whip, but took a subtle jab when asked about the only whip contender actively seeking backers. Quote, I think what people want to see is people who are doing their job. And if you missed it last night, President Joe Biden joined ABC Late Night host Jimmy Kimmel to talk about everything from gun violence to the Supreme Court's expected ruling on abortion rights to why he feels his message isn't breaking through with voters. A quick recap one, Biden isn't planning to issue a new executive order on guns. Well, what I don't want to do, and I'm not being facetious, I don't want to emulate Trump's abuse of the Constitution and constitutional authority. And, and so, and I mean that sincerely because I often get asked, Look, the Republicans don't play it square. Why do you play it square? Yeah. Well, well, guess what? If we do the same thing they do, our democracy will literally be in jeopardy. Well, I mean, yeah. Not a joke. But he might on abortion rights if Roe is overturned. But I think what we're going to have to do, there's some executive orders I could employ. I, we believe we're, we're looking at that right now. But I want to keep... I want to keep... Employ them. But look... It's clear that if, in fact, the decision comes down the way it does and these states impose the limitations they're talking about, it's going to cause a mini revolution. They're going to vote a lot of these folks out of office. All right. For more news and what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Raguman Avalon. Have a good Thursday. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. What does it mean to invest? At Blackstone, investing is about more than just capital. It's backing visionary entrepreneurs and business leaders, accelerating the growth of their companies, even helping one achieve her mission of empowering women, supporting scientists discovering life-saving treatments by investing in research and building better labs, and helping companies reduce emissions to create a more sustainable future. At Blackstone, investing is about accelerating growth for good, Visit blackstone.com slash learn more.